everyone. You're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we want to thank you for listening with us. These next few minutes together can change your life, and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message. I've had the opportunity to talk to a lot of people about childbirth, believe it or not. You know, being a pastor and talking to different couples who've had babies, it's really interesting. It really is. I've had courtside seats to four births. And usually when you talk to, to brand new parents, I mean parents who've been like in the room, and guys, you know, when we're there in the room, it doesn't matter how many classes that we've taken. It doesn't matter how many books we've read. We're just there. We could be a cutout or something, a statue. <laughs> doesn't matter. But anyway, when, when people have shared with me about their stories regarding childbirth, they use words like incredible, amazing, emotional. But, but there's one word that I've heard in pretty much every case in every conversation I've had with brand new parents. Ed, it was miraculous. I watched a miracle. I've heard that. It is a miracle. As great a miracle as that is, though, childbirth, I would have to say A spiritual birth is just as miraculous, even more so, than a physical birth. So today, I thought we would talk about childbirth. Specifically, I thought we would kind of look over the shoulder of Jesus as he's having this conversation with a brilliant man at night about childbirth. When you think about childbirth or your birthday, pretty much everyone has one, right? I mean, if we didn't have one, we wouldn't be here. I was in my office studying, I think it was on Friday, and I was just glancing at some books that I brought back from Houston after my mom passed away. And I found a Bible, a little light blue Bible. It was the first Bible I've ever, I ever received. I didn't really realize it because I was so young. And it had a little, you know, zipper here and the, the, it had some gold on the front. I think Jesus, you know, talking to little children. And so I just began to look through it. And I didn't realize it, but my, my mother had written in the Bible my birthday. My mother had unbelievable handwriting skills. Now, now kids, handwriting is you actually take a pen and... (laughs) But she wrote in the Bible, March 16th, 1961. That's right, I'm a 61 model. I was born 
in Raleigh, North Carolina. And then she, there was a place to write, you know, your parents and then the grandparents and great grandparents and thought it was pretty cool. Remember that date, that's my birthday, March 16th, thank you. We all have a birthday. Well, Jesus, in John chapter three, talked to someone, as I mentioned earlier, at night. And I call this, uh, this sermon, Nick at Night. Because he met a man named Nicodemus. And Nicodemus began to ask Jesus some questions. Jesus cut to the chase and Jesus told him something that, I mean, caused him to facepalm. It, it, it blew Nicodemus's theology out of the water. Theologians call this the doctrine of soteriology, salvation. So let's uh, listen to this, to this conversation, this quick conversation where Jesus talks about childbirth. Nicodemus was a very intelligent guy, born in a Jewish household, so he was like golden, you know? He was a Pharisee, which meant he obeyed the laws and he was this religious figure. There were about 6,000 of them in the culture. He lived a righteous life. He wore the, the cool robes and clothing of the, of the Pharisees. Not only was he a Pharisee, but he was also a member of the Sanhedrin. Think about the Supreme Court, you know, the black robe Supreme Court. He was also a member of that. The Sanhedrin basically made sure the Jews and the Romans were copacetic. Everything was cool, everything was fine. So Nicodemus, not only a follower of the Lord who kept all these laws, he also was a politico. I mean, the guy, the guy was an operator. And he must have been a wonderful person. Brilliant guy, inquisitive guy. And the Bible says Jesus, in John chapter 3, was sitting with his disciples on the Mount of Olives. It was at night, and the winds, you know, kind of blow through that area. One day, we'll take another trip to Israel once it opens up. Many of you have been there with Lisa and I. It's just a, a moving, moving place because Jesus spent so much time there. That was his uh, favorite spot, you know? So I can see the disciples, you know, they were sitting around Jesus, and maybe they're, you know, sipping strong coffee or whatever, talking, and, and, and suddenly they see this guy emerge out of the darkness, walking up the Mount of Olives, and Jesus recognizes, you know, the, the clothing and everything, and I'm sure some of the disciples, some of the ones who are really yoked, you know, they, they kind of thought of themselves as security. I'm sure they go, whoa, 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 what are you, what are you doing here, man? We're, we're talking. Nick at night said, well, I've, I've come to talk to Jesus. And wait, 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 wait. You realize what he's been doing all day? Healing the sick? Preaching to masses? No, no. And, and I can hear Jesus going, guys, no, no. This guy's not a foe. He's a friend. Come on. Come on. Sit, sit down. Let, let's talk. So for some reason, Nicodemus came to Jesus at night. Now, we're, we're, we're not sure 
about why, and, and it's really interesting, the Bible uses this word at night, in the evening. Well, I mean, why? Uh, was he embarrassed? Was, was he like, well, I want to come at night because I can sit down and have this long conversation? No one really knows. But he talked to Jesus. And I want you to listen to these words in John chapter 3, verses, uh, let's go with verses 1, 2, and 3. There was a, a man named Nicodemus, a religious leader, Jewish guy, who was a Pharisee. After dark, some translations say at night, one evening he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, and this is interesting, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. I mean, Jesus, you're trending. Everyone's talking about you. People are mesmerized by your miracles. Man, you must be some sort of teacher. You must be a, a prophet of God. Isn't it true that most people say that about Jesus today? What does our culture say about Jesus? Oh, a great teacher, a wonderful man of God who did some miraculous things. Oh, now, the son of God? <laughs> oh, that's a big, that's a big reach. That's a, that's a big, a big uh, intellectual step. Uh, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure about that. That's sort of the, the tenor and the tone that Nicodemus said. And Nicodemus said, we have come. Like, like in other words, he is the representative of the Sanhedrin, of the Pharisees. You know those guys, don't you? They come to you. Well, they've been coming to me, so they elected me to ask you. You know those people like that, you know? You know? But, but Nick, at night, I mean, had, had, it, had it going on. He was respectful of Jesus, and, and he obviously knew Jesus was something special. Well, Jesus says something in verse 3, and this is the most popular two-word phrase in the Bible. I mean, drop the mic on this one. Are you ready for this? Here's what Jesus said to him. He told Nicodemus this. I tell you the truth, verse 3. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he is, say it with me, born again. Born again. Literally, it means born from above. We hear that phrase all the time. We're watching college football, for example. They're talking about a coach. You know, his career was on fumes, but it's like he was born again. Look at what he's done with this team. That company, oh, they were going under. They hired a new CEO and a new leadership team, and it's like they're born again. Born again. Born again. Jesus said, Nicodemus, you must be born again. And you know when, when Jesus said that, Nicodemus was like, what? Born again? I can't put my life in reverse, go back in my mother's womb. I mean, born again? What does that mean? What does that mean? Many times when I will say, 
hey, you must be born again. People have the same sort of reaction. They're like, what, what, are, you, what are you talking about? Born again? I mean, I understand my physical birth, but a spiritual birth? You know, Scripture says that so many people who've not been born again are blind spiritually. They just can't see. I pray over every service that the Holy Spirit of God would induce labor in people's lives. Because just like I and you, we, just like we have two parents, also we have two parents when we're born again. With my parents and your parents, you have the sperm and the egg coming together, conception, birth. Isn't it funny? Let me, let me, let me stop and say this. We always say this, don't we? I'm not going to turn it to my parents. That's funny. Because we're all turning into our parents. Now we can say, okay, you know, I'm not going to do this, and that's great, or I'm going to change this and tweak that or whatever, but it's just funny. You see the teenage daughter, and she dyes her hair purple. I'm not going to be like my mom. Well, you look like your mom with purple hair. <laughs> I'm going to grow a goatee and, and just have all this ink on my, on my, on my arms. I might get a little, little tattoo like Justin Bieber has right there. I'm not going to look like that. I'm different. Yeah, you're, you're dad with a Justin Bieber tattoo and sleeves. I mean, <laughs> you, that's my nature. I mean, I do things now, say things now, like my father. I'm like, what? And you're the same. We're like our parents. We have that nature, don't we? The Bible says when we're born again, we have two parents. And Jesus mentions it. We have the Word of God and the Spirit of God. They come together and you have the birth of a child of God in the family of God. That's what it means to be born again. It's a mystery. It's not simple to explain. I mean, yeah, we can talk about birth, but there's something that happens spiritually like a birth, a miraculous thing when we're born again. Every time we have any kind of service at Fellowship Church, whether it's a children's church, whether it's our student ministry, whether it is our 12-step recovery ministry, whether it's small groups, whether it's our Bible study, connection classes, whether it's a worship service here, we have two things operative every time. Number one is the Word of God. Fellowship Church, we're a Bible-believing church. We don't say, okay, Ed, what do you say? No. We don't say, what does this group say? No. We don't say, what do the church fathers say? No. We don't say, what does tradition say? No. What does the Bible say? We're under the authority of the Word of God. So whenever I talk about a certain subject, some people might go, man, that sounded political. No, it's not political. It's Bible. It might happen to be 
a political issue in our world, but it's Bible. So we have the Word of God. Also, we have the Holy Spirit of God operative. The Holy Spirit of God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. When the Word of God, I'll say it again, and the Spirit of God come together, you have a child of God. We're born again. Thus, we have this divine nature. When, when I was born physically, I have a fleshly nature. You have fleshly nature, a physical nature. When I was born again years ago, after I got the little blue Bible, you know, years later, I have now the divine nature. It's in effect. Tomorrow, uh, I'm getting a great Dane. I've always wanted one, and I searched online and found a breeder in, in Missouri, and this dog looked really cool. It was not the most expensive one out there, kind of, you know, moderately priced, but I thought, why not buy a Great Dane? Lisa and I have always desired one. So I talked to the breeder, texted him back and forth, talked to him on the phone, and, and I go, um, man, I would like to see, my wife and I would love to see some pictures of the parents, specifically the dad. He goes, okay, okay. Send me a picture of this beautiful Great Dane male. I said, well, tell me about him. Is he, is he pretty big? Uh, yeah, he weighs like 183. I go, yeah, that's a big one. That's a big one. I said, how about the mom? Oh, she's smaller. She's like 165. How big do you think this dog will be? Well, he could be between 180 and 200. And then, you know, he began to explain to me. So, so this dog, we don't have a name yet. We know, I don't know, we're thinking about naming him Legend. Isn't that a cool name? Lisa thought of that, not me, Legend. So Legend, when he shows up tomorrow at our house, he's too big to fly. We had to hire some, paid $250 to hire some uh, bus to bring him down, literally. So when he shows up, he's gonna have a nature, hope I'm not going too fast, of a dog. A nature of a great Dane, A nature of his massive mother and father. I'm born again, I mean, am I born again? People tell me all the time, oh yeah, I'm born again. Okay, how about your nature? I mean, are you exhibiting the divine nature that you have because you've been born again. Now, I'm not trying to get anyone to doubt your salvation. I am trying to get you to take inventory in it because most of the people I talk with, just straight up, about being born again, most of them think they are, but so often, they're not. Like, Nicodemus, oh, Jesus, I was born Jewish. I'm a part of your covenant people. I'm not a Greek or a Roman. He could have said that. I'm sure he thought that. People tell me, Ed, I was born Catholic. Really? That's great. I was born Lutheran, like my wife was, or Methodist or Baptist. I'm a good guy. I, I, I try to keep the Ten Commandments. I'm religious. I'll even make a donation at the end of the year to the church I attend. Oh, good. And what church is that? Um, let me see. It's uh, 
know the name. Forget the name of it. Well, maybe you know the pastor. Oh, what's his name? I have these conversations a lot. So back to the conversation, Nick at night, Jesus is going, Nicodemus, you must be born again. So, so then he begins to unpack what it means to be, to be born again. Look at verses five through eight. Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they're born of water and spirit. Water, right in your margin, the word of God. The Bible is compared, the word of God, to water. The Bible says we're washed by the water of the word. Unless they're born of water and the spirit. That's the word of God and the spirit of God. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to the spirit. Have you ever thought about, just for a second, I just thought about this. You know, a baby is not on cops. Bad boy, bad boy, what you gonna do? I've never seen, I've never seen one frog march into some cop car. Have you? They have no past. Those of us who become believers, those of us who are born again, we can't be arrested <laughs> anymore. Our sins are forgiven and forgotten. I thought I would just say that. I thought that was, I get it. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to the spirit, Jesus said. You should not be surprised at me saying you must be born again. Oh, here we go. Remember it was windy, I told you that? The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you can't tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. I didn't, I didn't choose my parents. You didn't choose yours. I mean, I didn't choose to be born in a pastor's home. Are you kidding me? Who would choose that? <laughs> a Baptist preacher's home moving around all the time? <laughs> Raleigh, North Carolina? Right near Mayberry? <laughs> that was a joke for those of us who were 45 and over. <laughs> I, I didn't choose that. I, you didn't choose your parents? This act of of love turned into life, it's a miracle. We, we didn't choose Jesus doing what he did for us, did we? Jesus dying on the cross for our sins and rising again, we didn't, we didn't choose that. But we do, and we can choose if we're born again or not. Because I'm telling you right now, the Word of God and the Spirit of God are coming together and the Holy Spirit wants to induce labor. He wants many of you, many of you to be born again. So I thought this was just a very interesting conversation Jesus had with Nicodemus and here's the weird thing about it. Nicodemus just fades into the night. I'm like, Jesus, you didn't tell me. Did he get born again? I mean, all of a sudden, he's just gone. See you later, Jesus. I've got an appointment. And he walks down the Mount of Olives, fading 
into the night. Well, that's Nick at night for you. I have a divine nature. You have a divine nature when we're born again. John chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born, there's that spiritual birthday again, not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. Let me say it again. You were born to be born again. That's it. Born once, you die twice. Born twice, you die once. You're born physically, but if you're not born again, you die and then you spend eternity separate from Jesus. On the other hand, you have a physical birthday and a spiritual birthday. And again, you need to know that time and place and space. I don't mean the exact second, but, but there needs to be a time, the Bible says, of your salvation, of your supernatural birth. So if you have those two births, you're going to live forever. And that's a long time with the Lord Jesus. So let me go back to that divine nature. I've been talking about that divine nature, the nature. We have the nature, for example, of our parents, you know, the nature of a great Dane. Do you have the divine nature? I mean, are you, are you born again? Well, how do you know if you have the nature, the divine nature? Number one, you're gonna have a, a thirst for righteousness. The, the Bible says, be holy because I'm holy. We have a desire for holiness, not perfection. I mean, I have a long way to go. If you know me, I'm a sinner, so are you. But because I have a divine nature, I have a thirst for the yeses of God, for the life of God. Because Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly. If you've not been born again, you're existing and you're not living. It's like you're spiritually dead. And I've talked to some people just over the last several months. I've had long conversations with them. And, and, and in one of the conversations I said, it's almost like I'm talking to someone, I told this person this, who's blind. And this person goes, what should I do? I said, just pray that God would open your eyes. We have that divine nature. We have a thirst for holiness. Number two, we have a love for Jesus. We, we want to, and we understand that everything in our life is about glorifying him. Everything, everything, everything. Whether you're shopping, whether you're at CrossFit, whether you're at a football game, whether you're at church, we're, we're reflecting and understanding what Jesus and reflecting him is all about. Another thing too, third thing would be, we have, if we're born again, a desire for those people who are lost. We really do. We're, we're praying for them. We're travailing for them. I like that word. Talk to a woman who's had a baby. She travailed, guys. 
If you don't know what the word means, well, just look it up. It's something that we can't do. She travailed. Jesus travailed on the cross. And those of us who are born again should travail for those people who are yet to be born again. Also, too, we're going to have a hunger, number four, for the Word of God, the Bible. We're to feed on this. The Bible says this, and just read, for example, Hebrews chapter 6, and then we should have a love and a hunger for the house of God. If, if we are born again, we're going to be churchmen or churchwomen. We're gonna be a part, engaged, involved in the house of God. Well, what happened to Nicodemus Nick at night? What happened to the guy he faded into the night? Did he? In John chapter 19, there's another night. Oh, you're not gonna believe this. There was another night. Let me read it to you, John chapter 19. Later, Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate for the body of Jesus. Okay, Jesus is, has died on the cross for our sins. And now Joseph was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly because he feared the Jewish leaders. With Pilate's permission, he came and took the body away. He was accompanied by, you've got to be kidding me. Get out of town. Somebody call somebody. He was accompanied by Nick at night, Nicodemus. The man who earlier had visited Jesus at night, Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds. He was born again. Nick, at night, got it right. He was born again. I've got to ask you that question as I, as I close it down. Have you been born again? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to give everyone here an opportunity to be born again because I know your word has gone out and the word of God is connecting right now with the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God and you've revealed your truth of your death on the cross and your resurrection. And now it's our choice in the matter to be born again. Do you want to be born again? If you say yes, all you have to do is say this prayer. Just say, God, I admit to you that I am a sinner, that I've messed up. But I believe I was born to be born again. And right now, I turn from my sins and turn to you, Lord. I ask you, Jesus, to come into my life. I, I believe I'm a part of this new birth of the Word of God and the Spirit of God. I'm becoming a child of God right now. I'm being born again. Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, come into my life. Jesus, take me. 
Thank you for forgiving me and cleansing me. I give my all to you, Jesus. If you said that, that's the greatest, the greatest conversation you'll ever have. And Fellowship Church is a place where you can grow and discover who you are in Christ. Others of us here, we've been born again and we just travail, God, for those in our lives who are lost, who are blind, who are existing but not living. And we pray, God, we pray that they too would be born again and that we would do what it takes on our side to make it happen. We ask all these things in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for listening and thanks to all who give so generously to this ministry. It's because of you that we can continue this show and equip people with the hope of heaven. You can click the link in the description to support the show or visit edyoung.com. There you can also be resourced with bonus content for free, including a daily devotional. We also encourage you to share the message today with those around you. Thank you again for listening. God bless.